Hey, we're back. Guess who's back? Back again. That's gonna sound really bad because I've got the music. This is September in Queer All Year. It's a terrible intro. Hey, McGee, how do we do intros? I, who even knows anymore? Like, uh... (laughs) McGee is my bro and sound producer and co-host. Oh, and I am Kat Jones, your host, your co-host. I'm more important. I get introduced first. That's yep. that's the main thing you should take from this introduction, everybody. You could be like the intro person. So someone introduces you, and then you introduce me because I'm the talent. Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday. Cat McGowan is here Jones. to jump. Oh, yeah, Cat Jones. Changed her name. Cat McGowan Jones? With marriage. I don't know. Um, is going to jump over 15 school buses on a motorcycle. I guess. I mean... I probably, right, right, right. Isn't that what we're advertising yeah. here today? I think so. <laughs> I mean, we could probably get Evil Knievel's son, right? Oh, is he? His son's still alive, it? right? I, I presumed not, you know. Because <laughs> uh, isn't he also he, a daredevil? I think so. I'm pretty sure he's still alive. And now I'm on Wikipedia. Yeah. So, well. um... <laughs> Anyway, he is still alive. He was born in 62. His name is Captain Robbie. Well, good something. for him. I bet he's okay. pretty doing pretty well with his moolah yeah. and all that. It comes up with Kelly Knievel, who I think is also his other son. Oh, I'm not cool. Sure. Anyway. So, so uh, uh, yeah, what are we talking about? Well, depending on what time you're listening to this, it may be exactly three years since I spent an hour or so digging through a hotel dumpster. <laughs> What was I digging for, McG? <laughs> I do. Oh, so, you want me to reveal it? Yeah, you tell. Good old wedding ring, right? No, wedding license. Oh, license. What? Yeah, same yeah. thing. So well, that, not that, same thing, but like. I guess that was a little <laughs> easier. I guess. Do you know how I found it? Uh, pizza Hut. No. It was in pizza a Pizza Hut box. It was in tr- a trash bag with Pizza Hut because everyone else in the whole hotel had gotten Domino's because that's what was easiest but Uh, nathan and his room had gotten it was the only one who had pizza hut so i was digging through a dumpster specifically looking for a bag (laughs) of trash that had pizza hut and luckily there's well thank goodness for uh pizza right (laughs) we'll have to post the photo i took we'll have to post the photo oh you got a video or a picture of it yeah i have a picture (laughs) of me like holding it i'm like covered in glitter and my makeup's like all over my face and i think i'm still wearing my hair is still done like in the wedding but I'm like in oh, the trash. Dumpster. It was after the wedding. It was uh, my wedding night. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I spent my wedding night the way I belong in a dumpster because I'm a dumpster person. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, you could have waited. Well, no, I guess not. Not with a hotel yeah. trash, but. Yeah, no, I was freaking. Could have had Nathan dig for it, but. Uh, all I the won't guys go have there pretty much on assumed this thing. it was gone. No, all the guys uh. have pretty much assumed it was gone, and I'm like. I will climb in there in my dress, but I didn't. What um? What would have been the problem of? Well, never mind. We should move on from this topic. Yeah, I would just had to file for a new one, but yeah. So yeah, so I was married. Yeah, you got married. You did it. And technically, I consider my anniversary to be from golden hour on the twenty second through eleven fifty nine p.m. on the twenty third because that was like our whole. I'm talking really fast, but that was like our whole wedding thing there. I wanted it to be okay. on the 23rd because that was the day the world was going to end. And um, it was um, 
by Pride Day, right? What is it called? I wrote it down. Celebrate Bisexuality Day. That's right. And it's part of Bi Week. And there's something else. But I know the world was going to end, too. But it didn't. But the 22nd worked out for most people. So we went with 22nd and 23rd. Anyway. So. Um, <laughs> that's all I'm talking about there. It's Bi Week. Yay. Hashtag right. Bi Week 2020. <coughs> no, Bi Erasure. Go listen to Where's the Line? If you can deal with, like, Wondering if someone has crossed the line. You find a line there, and I haven't found mine yet, so it's exciting. Um, but Kevin on that show is openly bisexual, and he talks about it sometimes, and it's not a big deal, which is really cool. And he's erasing by erasure, and so I wanted to give him a shout-out. And also, I'm trying to get him to listen to the show. So, hi, Kevin. Anyway, we have a new segment name, maybe, McGee? Oh, yeah? hear it? Sure. I'm calling it What the Bleep Was Even the 70s, or possibly that 70s woe. Uh, I guess <laughs> it sounds a little derivative, but what uh, what is it in I looked up that 70s to? woe, and only people have only used it in, like, article titles about, like, whoa, that 70s show, they're all Scientologists, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, so, not taken. Um, I kind of want to start a podcast called that 70s woe because there's a <laughs> tm 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 maybe Don't that'll worry. be the name of our patreon page or something Ooh, yeah well so i was noticing that a lot of our stuff happens in the 70s and then i was listening to other podcasts like true crime podcasts and everything happens in the 70s the 70s was wonked out man the 70s was nuts so this is another edition of what the bleep even was the 70s so, we're going to start September 5th, 1975. And why we're starting on the 5th is when Lynette Squeaky Fromm attempts to assassinate Gerald Ford. Do you know who Squeaky Fromm is? I uh, don't, but I kind of read ahead here a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Squeaky <Jesus>. Fromm <laughs> is, uh, uh, I almost said Marilyn Manson. <laughs> anyway, she's Manson's biggest follower, um, arguably, I guess. She is, so, like, she didn't partake in the Tate-LaBianca murders, but she would have, I'm pretty sure, and she was just militant about loving him and just crazy her whole life about him. And then um, on September 5th, she uh, quote-unquote attempts to assassinate Gerald Ford with a Colt M1, M1911, I'm sure that's not how you say it, 45 caliber pistol because she was mad about the California Redwoods, maybe. You probably Uh, could just said Colt 45. (laughs) Yeah, well, it was it specified what they were, so I figured I'd specify it. Fair enough. Um, And what was I going to say? Oh, one week prior, she had a vision uh, that something bad was going to happen to Jimmy Page. Oh no! So she she showed up at the hotel room door of the record label's vice president and tried to give him a um, a note telling him that something was going to happen and he was like, okay, honey, whatever and then he threw it away. And he probably oh. didn't call her honey because people back then you know, Yeah, I, I mean, I guess they're probably used, to, if it was Jimmy Page's record label um, they're probably used to turning away a lot of crazy young crazy. girls, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like the, know like that... the hardcore groupies. 
They probably didn't know that she was a Manson follower either. Mm. Um, well, but so I don't know if that would I just sent you a text her. so you can. Oh. Okay. Wait, hang on. Actually, I'm gonna send you another text. Oh, about the guns. <laughs> yeah. So I sent you bullet caliber sizes. I keep hitting the mic on accident. But so just so you can see that she used a 45, so you can see on there that it's decently. Well, big. yeah, I know that a 45 is. But it's um, pretty big. yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's right. It's right in the middle of the, uh, or it's on the upper end of the handguns on this list. It's shorter than a thirty-eight special, but wider than it, and so I assume that probably does more damage. I don't know. You're talking about the the bullet. Yeah. Um, Because the thirty-eight is going to come in later. It also depends on the gun, but yeah, but yeah, a forty-five is going to have a lot more. What's the word? Uh, like knocking over power or something. Yeah, like that. and I uh, just sent you. I just texted you a picture of the gun she used too, because for some reason that's on Wikipedia. So I assume it's in a. Uh, I didn't get that picture, but. I just texted it. Huh. I assume it's in a museum somewhere. Who knows why? Anyway, so <laughs> she attempts to assassinate Gerald Ford because of the California redwoods or something. She told Jimmy Page something was going to happen like two days before. Um, and she was put in jail for life, and she was insane at her trial. She, like, Holy threw God. an apple at the prosecutor and hit him in the head and knocked Oh, nice. That's Yeah, cool. and she would, like, just scream. <laughs> she refused to even show up, so, like, U.S. Marshals would have to carry her in. Wow. And she was prosecuted under a, like, 1965 law that made it a federal crime to try to assassinate a president. So this is 75, did, did so only think... 10 years before. Did she somehow think that killing Ford would save Jimmy Page? See, here's why I... No. They don't seem to be attached at all. <laughs> she okay. was just a little... She was... <laughs> you gotta watch, like, the Manson tapes. Like, they have... She's... They interviewed, like, the whole family after the um, Tate LaBianca murders. And she's in it with just, like, this... She's got a gun, and she is just, like... She's got hard opinions on everything, and, like, huh. you know... It was, you know... He, it was like, yeah, she probably... Or he probably murdered them, and they needed to be murdered, and things like She had this wow. gorgeous red hair, and she was really pretty, and she just kind of, like, was not the... What people thought his family would be, you know? Yeah. Anyway... Oh, the reason I say, um, quote-unquote, attempted to assassinate is because she didn't... She had guns, or she had bullets in the magazine or whatever, but there wasn't one in the chamber. Am I saying that right? Yeah. So, yeah, so she didn't So it have... wouldn't have fired a shot unless she... Yeah, so it went off, but it was blank, and she said that earlier that day she had purposely ejected it in her bathroom, and they did find, a like, a bullet or a casing or something in the bathroom. So, I mean, I guess that's cool. And she only shot once. So I think it was just for attention, or maybe she just wanted to get in jail so she could be near hmm. Manson. How'd she get life for that? Well, it's a federal crime now to attempt to assassinate a president. But it, oh, at sure, this point, but it had like only been federal crime for 10 years. It's weird that you have to. Like, I don't know. I just that. thought that there was like a pretty big difference between having a bullet in the chamber and not having one. And attempt rather than actual murder yeah well it's i guess everything's different with the yeah everything's different with the president and it was the 70s and she was nuts okay 
<laughs> I mean, she was like nutballs. Gave off the impression of... that she's never going to be able to be in society. Except she was. She is. Oh. She is back out. So after How's she doing? escape, she escaped in 1987, and so she got more time put on her record. Or so she's on parole. More. But she's captured two days later. So she was supposed to get out in 2007. Maybe that's when she did get out. But so she is out and living in New York State with her Manson-obsessed murderer boyfriend in a house decorated with skulls and a bumper sticker that says Born Again Pagan. And she has a little doggo that she loves to walk around Walmart. And I can't find what kind of dog it is or what its name is, but it is a good doggo. Oh, she's not uh, killing anyone, right? I really want to meet her. Is that terrible? (laughs) No, I don't think so. Because you're kind of like that... uh, like journalistic type person you know like yeah i want to just talk to her and write stuff down and i want to see her house yeah i don't know if you would get anything but i think no she hides she's pretty reclusive for good reason you know yeah (laughs) i'm thinking maybe i could go move into the neighborhood and slowly get to know her and just be that person i don't know yeah i guess so you probably have a fair amount of people that do that i probably do know a lot of people who do that or, no, I just mean people in general. Oh, no, I probably do know a lot of people <laughs> who would do that. <laughs> I think people just don't know that she's out. Yeah. Right now when I'm smiling, I look like Uncle Joe. Anyway. Um, I don't see on. that, but... <laughs> so you want to... I don't know. Anyway, Stop that's doing the that. Inside. <laughs> September 22nd, let's jump forward 17 days. 17. Hooray. 17 days. 18, 17. Yes, 17. I'm helping kids do math. It's terrifying. So September 22nd, 1975, Sarah Jane Moore attempts to assassinate Gerald Ford with a 44 caliber Smith & Wesson special and 113 rounds of ammunition. So, of course, I looked up that gun, too, and that is a sweet gun. (laughs) I'm not going to go out and shoot people, but it's very pretty. (laughs) It's very It certainly would be fun to use, maybe, like on a range. It used to be like a police and military ordered gun, huh. I think. So it's like, did I send you a picture of it? It's this little I pistol think thing. So. I think. No, it's a revolver. Someone tell me what guns mean, but don't get me on a list. <laughs> revolver so just anyway. has the revolving uh, chamber. It's got a revolving chamber. What's a pistol? You sent me a picture of a bullet. I sent you pictures of bullets and two guns. So I guess we'll put these out on the social media so everyone isn't like, what are she talking about? Um, anyway, so, yeah, it was 17 days in between assassination tips uh, attempts, and she had bought, she had purchased the gun that morning. So the morning of. Um, she After was... her first attempt? No, Wait, it was this. So the day, the morning of the attempt, she had purchased that gun. So she went out, bought the gun, and tried to assassinate with him. And that's because the day before, she had had a gun taken away from her on an illegal firearms arrest. And then they just let her go because she was cool. And then a couple months before, I think, she'd been evaluated by the Secret Service to see if she was a threat. And she wasn't a threat, so she was cool. And she was evaluated because she was volunteering for PEN, which is People in Need, which was formed by Randolph Hearst when his daughter Patty Hearst was kidnapped by the Symbionese, Symbionese Liberation Army because the 70s were crazy. Do you know Patty Hearst's story? No. She was kidnapped. She So um, 
William Randolph Hearst. Is it Randolph William? Anyway, so he's this huge newspaper magnate guy. And so they're rich. And so these um, black militant groups, which I don't like saying that, but that's what they, I think that's what they call themselves. They formed a group called the Symbionese Liberation Army and kidnapped Patty Hearst and brainwashed her because they were saying that her dad had all the wealth in the world and he was doing nothing with it, which is kind of true. And so they brainwashed her into um, agreeing with them, which I kind of agree with them. I don't think they should be, like, shooting up stuff and blowing things up and robbing banks and whatever. But this, like, she crazy group that... Yeah. yeah, well, and they kept her in a closet and told her, par- told her that her parents weren't doing the things they were asking, like, to help the poor. They were saying, oh. help the poor and we'll let your daughter go. And they were telling her they're not doing it. You know, they're terrible. And so she was under this mindset. That could a be a powerful time. tool, yeah. And she got she became engaged to one of them and he ended up oh, being my. slaughtered when the um oh, the dear. FBI I think found like the main Did she have and a kid? Just went in and slaughtered him. No. I don't not with him. Okay. I don't know if she okay. still does or if she does now. I haven't really followed her. She is Well, yeah, I mean with weird him. now. But anyway, she really has like almost nothing to do with the story. It's just that Sarah Jane Moore <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Jane Moore was obsessed with Patricia Hurst. And the Symbionese Liberation Army, which really was like five people. And so she joined People in Need, which was formed by Randolph Hearst, because the Symbionese Liberation Army said they had to feed the poor so they could get their daughter back, and also because good people feed the poor. And then while she was there, she became an FBI... Hang on, I hit the mic. While she was there, she became an FBI informant for some reason that I couldn't figure out it's just that everyone was an fbi informant in the 70s because what the bleep even i guess it seemed cool then but well so weird so this fbi informant gets evaluated by the secret service and is called not a threat and then gets an illegal weapons charge and is deemed not a threat and the next day goes and tries to shoot the president so what does this have to do with anything uh so oliver billy sipple was a disabled Vietnam War veteran and former Marine who happened to be standing next to Sarah when she shot the gun. So she shot it, and there was something wonky about the sight that she wasn't used to, and it was like five inches off from hitting him in the head, from hitting Ford in the head. And as as, as soon as she shot it, Billy looks over and sees the gun and grabs it and pushes it away because she noticed she missed, so she was about to shoot it again. He grabs the gun. The gun goes off. It ricochets off a taxi and hits this taxi driver in the groin. And his name was John oh, Ludwig, but he ended up okay. So this I good guess. guy did not have a gun. No, exactly. Yeah. And he was trained to use one. You don't need a good guy with a gun to stop the bad guy with a gun. I, guess, I mean, I guess I, I don't will... know if he had a gun. If he was just right next to her and was able to grab it, you know. So. Sure. Who knows? Maybe he did. Or Maybe a bad he didn't. girl he didn't use with it. a gun. No, but he took the gun. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah, I'm saying, but maybe he did, but he didn't need to because he was right next to it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, John Ludwig got shot, but he was okay. Billy, uh, his name is Oliver, but he goes by Billy. He uh, was really active in the gay community in San Francisco. He was friends with Harvey Milk. And he had been a bartender at a gay bar, and he was really prominent in all the Pride events and demonstrations and stuff. And he was just associated with a lot of high-profile gay activists. 
but no one in his life outside of like San Francisco had any clue he was gay. So he was like, he had to be closeted in the military, obviously. But his parents didn't know. His current employer didn't know. Like, it was, you know, it would have been a big deal if people found out. So, of course, after he saved Ford's life, the reporters went crazy and they found out. And he asked them not to share the information because his, you know, people didn't know and he didn't know how they'd react. But reporters going to report, so they reported it two days later because that's news, right? But, you know. So, how did they find out? They found out because sometimes heroes can be dicks. And in this case, Harvey Milk is a dick. I hate to say it, but Harvey Milk was really big on outing people. And I'm not cool with it. Sorry, Harvey, I love you, but sometimes... Why Why did he do that? Heroes can be villains, you know? No one in history is... I know, but he didn't, he probably didn't do it to be evil. Well, so what he said to a friend, apparently, is, quote, it's too good an opportunity. For once, we can show that gays do heroic things, not just all that caca about molesting children and hanging out in bathrooms, end quote. So he threw him under the bus Mm. for the good of the community. And it's kind of like how Martin Luther King, actually, we didn't talk about this because we didn't do an episode on it, but Martin Luther King. Let's not go into that. Let's... Come no, on, I'm just saying heroes can be heroes can do bad things. Of course they or can. Not, but they're yeah. not they're, I don't even know that I would consider anyone a hero. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. I mean But let's Hitler re- was a really good guy with kids. Anyway. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you have to humanize people or stuff will happen again. It was just like a forty five seconds of cat saying uh questionable things. <laughs> no, I'm saying true things that people don't like to hear. So right. anyway, because because Harvey <coughs> told the press to let it out, his parents found out because, of course, the parents went, and, or the the reporters went to his parents and asked them for comments, and they were like, what are you talking about? And the reporters were like, your son's so gay. What are you talking about? So then his mom disowned him, like, immediately. <clears throat> and according to his brother, they might have re-owned him years later, but when his mother passed away, his father refused to let him attend the funeral. So I don't. Is that, that what it's called? Like... Reowned? No, I just I think I made that word up. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's still weird. Just owned. That's the word. Disowned. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I guess it means you disown property that you could get, but I don't know. So anyway, Billy refused to talk, obviously, and he hid out from the public eye and friends' houses and stuff. But Harvey Milk did more than enough talking for him. He went. He was out in the press a lot talking about it. Um, Gerald Ford. No one really sent any official commendations to Billy. Gerald Ford sent a very short note thanking him, and Harvey Milk uh, was very vocal in saying that it was because Billy was gay. Um, I'm not sure he said it explicitly. I think he did once or twice, but a, a lot of people picked up on that and ran with it. Gerald Ford later said that he had no clue that he was gay, and he only found out, like, years later. He said that in, like, 2001, I think. But... Who knows? I don't know Uh, know how I feel about Ford. I don't know enough about him. Well, Um, all we know is that every president has to lie for certain reasons. Yep. Um, Yep. Except Trump. He's just out there. So, uh, anyway... No, he still lies about plenty. 
Yeah, I don't think it's anything that we would be concerned about, though. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. I know we banned TikTok, and my kids are devastated. I, I was... When I saw that, the first thing I thought of was you and your students. I was like, she's going to have a, like a uh, hell of a, like a hell storm. Today was a because... day. <laughs> <laughs> Today as in the 21st is what we're going Yeah. Yeah. Fine. I accidentally broke the news to them. So it was a day. So Billy went on to attempt to sue seven newspapers and 50 newspaper execs for, quote, great mental anguish, embarrassment, and humiliation, end quote. But the judge dismissed it on the basis that, quote, hundreds of people already knew about his sexuality. But his story is now a staple in journalism classes and schools due to the conflict of privacy versus freedom of the press. And so this became a thing. We could ask mom about this. We're just kind of throwing this at her. Hey, mom. Um, Did he lose every every time he sued? He, it was all in one big lawsuit, oh. and the judge dismissed all of it because Man. a lot of people already knew he was gay. I don't know if it would have been better so, to spread it out or something, but I yeah, don't know. I, I mean, like I think I think they'd still be dismissed, but it really is. You could not, try to get a different judge, you know. It's it's a, the big thing is that this was not news. This shouldn't have been interesting, and I know it was in the seventies because the seventies were terrible, and like everything is terrible always, but. Uh, it just it shouldn't have been news they shouldn't have hounded him it should have been this man saved the president not this dude's gay and oh wait he also did something to save a president but mostly he's gay yeah you know yeah so now they teach anything to do with it yeah so now they teach it in journalism school about like where do you where does freedom of the press cross a line basically into personal privacy and like just yellow journalism which is all we've got today anyway um i wonder if they still teach journalism we'll have to ask mom because she went to school when journalism existed (laughs) so anyway out being outed ruined his life he ended up diagnosed with schizophrenia he became he became an alcoholic and he later stated that he wished he'd never grabbed the gun like it ruined wow yeah he's louise uh-huh, and he died alone. Why the heck alone. did they do this to him? He died alone in a $388 apartment. On um, He was found dead February 2nd, 1989, in, the, in his apartment in the Tenderloin District of San Francisco. The TV was still on. He had a bottle of Jack Daniels next to him, and he'd been dead for 10 days. So that is was how it assumed this... like he OD'd on some pills? Or... They actually, they said it's natural causes but they're not really they couldn't because it'd been 10 days so what he had gotten up to about 300 pounds and he had a pacemaker and they think he had pneumonia he wasn't breathing Uh, very well the last time anyone saw him. he was just in terrible shape yeah and i think just from probably uh deep depression and all that yeah um gosh i didn't look Mm -hmm. up how old he was if only he hadn't saved the president he was 47 years old. Yeah. And I, like I said, I don't know how I feel about Ford. I mean, I don't yeah, know but still, that's like a, but... Especially at that time, it's like a civ- was still considered like a civic duty. Like, uh, you should mm-hmm. be rewarded for the rest of your life for saving his life. Yeah. And this was a decorated Vietnam veteran who'd been injured in duty. He had to leave because he was injured in duty. He was a, a Marine. He saved the president. 
And this is how his life ended because he was gay. Why couldn't Harvey have supported him through this? See, I don't know. And I feel, well, I don't know where Harvey went after a while. Like, he seems to have disappeared from the story. And, you know, somewhere in there he got assassinated himself. Oh, right. Yeah. I guess I should know what year he was assassinated because this was 1975 and I am like an idiot right now. I know it. Touche. I suppose there was a lot on the plate there. It's in my head. Yeah, I know it is. 78. 78, 78. Uh, Haha, three years later. So he only had about three years to, like, try and unruin his life. Yeah. You know, and he was pretty busy in that time. It's not like he had a... He wasn't wealthy, was he? Harvey Milk? Yeah. He was very influential. Yeah, I don't know about wealthy, but, I mean, he was a civil civil servant. I doubt wealthy, but wealthy and influential are two different... Not always. ...things, kind of. Yeah. Well, and according, just to put the cherry on top of this, according to a citation needed sentence in Wikipedia, only 30 people attended his funeral. Dang. So I'm, like, really pissed off for this dude. I thought that was, (laughs) when I first started researching this, I did not know how it ended. And I was like, this is going to be, you know, I'm sure he came out on top. This is going to be, like, a good, yay, rah, rah, no. Was it the, was it 89 that he died? Yes, 89. On this day? Or on... No, he died February 2nd, 1989. On this day, he saved the president. And oh, yeah. The actual good thing he did. Or, yeah. I mean, the... The good, the good thing that people ruined his life over. Yes. Because, yeah. Do we want to go on yeah. to the kinks and, like, try and fix this episode? Yeah, sure. What the, <laughs> we're just gonna have a little fun at the end here, talking about yeah, your song. Yeah, not unfortunately, but like it's un. No. I don't know why you never knew this about Lola. Yeah, so we're talking about Lola by the Kinks. Neither of us really knew who sang this song. We were having conversations though before about how, uh, like, I'm pretty sure it's you that told me that Lola was a, uh, a like a. Uh, cross-dresser or well i don't really even know exactly what she went by it see and that's the thing is that there are so many different stories told by everyone involved it's definitely based on a true story but okay hang on the cat is screaming yeah i hear it but it's all right i can I, i can cut a lot of that out um for those of you still listening here, I uh, am doing ninja out. moves. Nah, nah, nah. It'll be perfectly fine. Okay. They like we to hear us. Stuff out of these episodes. Yeah. Well, anyway. this is just our reintroduction to the world. Coming soon. Better episodes. Holy cow. <laughs> we are at a minute 30. Um, so, uh, th- let's move past Lola then. 31 minutes. Well, I was figuring it could be a little longer. Since oh, we are at 30. I, I, my um, Logic Pro thing here, it, it just... Anyway, it said we were at an hour and 30 minutes. Um, oh, that's no good. It's just we're still in the first hour. Cool. Is what okay. it means. Yeah, my bad. What was your first introduction to the song Lola? Uh, Probably like... 
seven, eight years old, just listening to it on the radio or something, and uh, not not getting the lyrics at all, not understanding at all what it was talking about. Really? I just Mine like had a fancy, uh, or not fancy, just had a catchy uh, chorus. La 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 la. And, so um, okay. and then when Futurama made fun of it, that really was uh, when I started listening to it again. Huh. I have no memory of that. What episode was that? Oh, it's the one where he uh, flies the the uh, restaurant into a planet and uh, uh, pretends to save Leela and they have to repopulate the Earth. Oh, that's in the later episodes, right? No, that's one. That's like the second episode or something, or second season, where um, Kip Kip is about to be on his first date. They're doing a double date. Right. And um, my just favorite line is like, um, she uh, she drives like a bistro, but she feels like a, a steakhouse. Oh, right. <laughs> I just I love that line. I remember that. Feels that like was a like bistro. Zap- yeah, Zap Brannigan. And he's like, Leela. L E E L A. you had a nice body. Would you take your clothes off and dance around with <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's enough Branniganisms yeah, for anyway, the day. <laughs> so, my introduction to this song would have been probably about seven, eight, seven or eight years old, but it was through Weird Al Yankovic. Yankovic? Yankovic. He, he did a parody? He did Yoda. You don't remember? We used to sing Yoda. Oh, yeah. Yep. 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 So I had no idea. See, I've never understood Weird Al. When I was little, I didn't understand what a parody was. So I was surprised when I found out that this was a song. <laughs> I was yeah. like, wait. I still Weird don't Al was Weird always Al. just a different type of thing. I mean, I really don't listen to him that much anymore. Because I... I don't find it that... I'm glad he was able to make his money when that was a popular thing, you know? Like, to me, yeah. he just seems like a Branson act to me now. He's still making money because Nathan and Paul went to see him, um, like, right before COVID hit. Was I'm it like, in Branson? What? No, it was, like, in Kansas City. Oh, so no, he's touring. Was in Topeka. Yeah, he's, he's on tour. Huh. Right? Is that weird? <laughs> I don't know. Huh. Anyway, so he sang a spoof of Lola that's Yoda. And yeah. That's sometimes when I'm listening to Lola, I accidentally start singing like a meadow in a swamp down in Dago. So, so what are your different interpretations of what it could be about? See, I am a naive little flower that I I have always been. Mom and dad didn't have to shelter me because I sheltered myself. So I don't understand the world. So I always kind of thought it was just like a really strong biological female <laughs> i guess i mean like in the, this came out in the 80s right yeah but yeah, doesn't at the 70s. end it says that lola is a man or something see it states which it is all not the way like through, uh correct in any way today well it's see an 80s i'm not song. used i'm not used to songs being on the nose you know i have an english sure. degree i'm used to like uh metaphor and symbolism and stuff so right. This song is so literal, and <laughs> I was not aware that it's so literal. And now that I know it's literal, I love it. But, um, well, I loved it before, but I was like, dude, this is awesome. Um, but <laughs> no, so I always thought, out? like, when I texted you, 
Um, <laughs> really? Right then? Like, earlier this month. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. No, like I said, like, I live in this little bubble where, like, I'm constantly being reminded that I know I nothing. I don't know. I thought we talked about this. I don't think so. I don't, I've never talked about Lola because I haven't really listened to it much. I know there's a big debate over... I, I feel uh, like... Uh... There'd be jokes made by certain family members about that song all the time. Yeah. You know everything the family says goes over my head unless I initiate it. Yeah. Fair enough. I have okay. no clue what anyone's talking about ever. Like, ever. Yeah. Like, that broom thing for Thanksgiving I or Christmas, someone got a broom. I don't get it. I still don't get it. I don't know what it's about. Oh. I, I remembered it Trump, at I the think. time. It was, oh, it was because they were going to sweep the... Sweep the election. All <laughs> the red. little man has yeah, just like the little that. Man has empowered me to grasp the broom <laughs> of change and sweep this state God. clean. It is so That's strange. So, um, to our uh, listeners out there, I have our um, my MacBook Pro that we got for this uh, podcast is its screen has gotten all destroyed, and so I have it mirroring on a monitor here, but. Um, for today, it was working, so I had the Zoom video there. And right now, her face is just frozen. Her body, bottom half is kind of there, and just like her hands when she raises them, I can see that. So it's just like a frozen <laughs> expression of her looking really weird. And every now and then, <laughs> just some hands flailing around. And then look, oh, she had a second head for a second like that. Her head popped up. So I'm having well, just, a great time watching that. <laughs> just so the listeners know, that's about the standard impression of me. We ever have a live show, you get to hang out. That's pretty much all you'll see. I wonder how I take a screenshot of this computer here. But do you want me to put my hands up? Um, so anyway, um, I know there yeah. was a debate about Lola because they at first the lyrics were Cherry Cola, but they changed it to Coca Cola, and everybody got mad. So for this, for the recording Wait, that was when recorded did it today, it's not still Cherry Cola. No, for the recording that was released on the 23rd, or recorded on the 23rd live, they had it Coca-Cola. And the version I have on Spotify is the Coca-Cola version. Wait, they had to change it from Coca-Cola to Cherry no, Cola? No, they changed it from Cherry Cola to Coca-Cola. And I was like, I... no, wait, they changed it from Coca-Cola to Cherry Cola, right? No, it's uh, the other way so around. they must have gotten an endorsement sold out. Uh, controversy for its lyrics. Here we go. The BBC banned the... Tr I'm reading this from Wikipedia. The BBC okay. banned the track for a different reason. The original recorded song... Oh, no, the original was Coca-Cola. Okay. Where did I hear it the other way? Some article I read was wrong. No. So it had the words Coca-Cola, but BBC Radio's policy against product placement. Ray Davies was forced to make a 6,000-mile round-trip flight from New York to London and back on June 3rd, 1970, interrupting the band's American tour to change those words to the generic Cherry Cola for the single release. What's well, cool. I um, have one on Spotify that says Coca-Cola. So I don't know. Anyway, Did you so, hear that noise right there? I heard my upstairs neighbor who was going to fall through the ceiling. Fair enough. At some point. That's do, you saw, need him. do you saw that unicorn around? No, I cannot find the unicorn. Oh. And I also did not do a tarot drawing for this. So did no use that? for, or no uh, unicorn advice today? Have I said why this song is relevant today? No. Okay, so the song, the live version of the song was recorded on September 23rd, 
1979, and it was released as a single in 1980, and it premiered at 81 on the Billboard Hot 100. So the previous non-live version hadn't even done that well. So I figured I would put it on this day. Because okay. we actually missed the actual first day it was released. So I was like, but I want to talk about Lola. Oh, hey, this works. It did better this time. So, ah, I anyway, see what you're doing. that's us talking about Lola, I guess. All right. Hey, Shall did I, you say uh, why it's relevant? Hang on. I don't think so. So Lola is about... Um, Ray Davies said that Lola was written after their manager, Robert Wace, uh, spent a night, quote, in Paris dancing with a transvestite. They use the word transvestite. That's all everyone says. Uh, so it's that's different what we're using. They don't know the name. I thought that person. was the correct term when I was young. You know, so. there are still some people who, like, there are still people who identify as transvestites. There's nothing in the LGBT world that everyone agrees on. So it's right, basically like, because right. it's identity. So it's like, how do you identify? Cool. Yeah, that's it's all are. about being your own person, too. So Exactly. And so since we don't know who this person is, we can't. Yeah, we don't them. know at all what the right term is. And apparently, okay, so apparently, according to Ray Davies, it was a black woman, and I don't know why that's, but, you know, a, a black transvestite in the 80s, that's rock on. So, um, they left at 6 in the morning, and she apparently had stubble, and that was noteworthy, And uh, but their drummer says that, where did I find it? I guess Avery really liked to, their drummer, Mark, Mick Avery, really liked to go to transvestite bars in London, so they wrote it for him. And then um, there's someone named Candy Darling, who was a um, popular trans person, and I don't remember why. Why? I didn't, my notes are terrible. Oh yeah, I was gosh. like, what are, you want me to just uh, go into our closing here? <laughs> no, hang on. Who was Candy Darling? That's right, Warhol. Okay, no, sorry. I was, I've was i been writing four different episodes at the same time, and I'm like, wait, okay. She was a Warhol um, artist person, which is really cool. And so Ray Davies and she went out, but it wasn't ever a date, he says. But um, okay. So those are the three different ways that this could have come about. But the song is about a um, probably transgender woman or a cross-dressing man. Um, who cares? But... It's the 80s, so no one knows. 90s, 70s. What am I saying? 70s, so no one knows. Okay. 70s were weird, man. You sure? I wish I had been there, though. This has been a terrible episode. I guess. (laughs) Um, We are, uh, this has been just kind of, since it was Kat's anniversary, we wanted to give you guys a heads up that we are going back into full gear at the first of the month. So uh, October. October. Um, So make sure you tune in for that. If you want to get news and heads up and stuff, you can go to our Facebook page, which is just Queer All Year, or our group, which is the Queer All Year Mafia. You go to Twitter yeah. or Instagram as a tw- uh, Queer All Year Pod. Those are uh, good options. If you uh, would like to subscribe to our Patreon, we it is uh, patreon.com slash queer all year. And it has uh, extras, sound stuff. We have There's extra bonus episodes on there. At, uh, I'm kind of thinking, I kind of like the idea of making everything available at a, at $1 during like the financial crisis, but then you can keep sub, su, uh, subscribing at any tier if you want to 
support us, but then, like, you still get bonus episodes and stuff, since everything sucks right now. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good thing to do, but not while I'm... And we'll give, like, uh, there will still be, like, Introducing it. So, um, let's see. Patreon's the last thing, usually, because then I ask you about a unicorn, and, uh... So I guess, uh, give us some, uh, nice advice to leave on. Well, this is um, Celebrate Bisexuality Day, and this has been um, Bi Awareness Week. Oh, so everybody okay. go out and do some erasing of erasure. Uh, yeah. Talk to your local wonderful bisexual people, and if you are bisexual, go post about it if you're out. And just, like, everybody be awesome.